Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here we have our final day on this Laying the Right Foundation, reading from Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, advancing steadily towards the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead formulism, and of the faith by which you turn to God, with teaching about purifying, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long, long ago. So we're going to get in today on on maybe the most exciting part of it, but is um, eternal judgment. You know, when you say that word judgment, it can, it, it has a negative connotation behind it. You think I'm getting punished for a sin. And I used to think growing up that when it came down to the end of my life, that when I died, I would go to heaven and there would be a big screen and it would play the whole of my life in front of the screen, right? And I would, I and the rest of heaven, like everyone has time to, to uh, just watch and see every sin that I made, everything that I did, that, that there would be this, um, this uh, how many ever years of me just bowing my head in shame over what I did. But the Bible actually says that uh, one of the first judgments that's mentioned is how ju- how Christ judged our sin on the cross, and so our sins are taken. Our sin nature is taken out of the way. So when we get to heaven, God's not going to judge judge us. When we get to heaven, when we come into judgment, it's not a time of if we made it um, uh, to heaven or not. Not everyone who dies goes directly to heaven to have judgment. That's not the way it works. If someone dies in their sin, they go to directly to hell. It's like monopoly. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You, you go directly to hell. When someone dies, the Bible says the earth rises up to meet them. The earth is moved to meet you at your coming. And so people don't go and stand before God when their time is done. The Bible does say it is a point on demand once to die, and after that is the judgment. It doesn't say it's right after that. It's sometime after that. And so we're going to talk about two distinct judgments. Um, uh, There are more than these, but we're going to talk about the two that really apply to us. So the first one is what's called the Bema Seat, the judgment of believers. Um, And really, maybe, I mean, I guess judgment is the right word, but let me read this. This is an excerpt. If you're looking for more material to read on, I have a book here called Dispensational Truth uh, by Clarence Larkin. He's passed away, but it's called Dispensational Truth or God's Plan and Purpose in the Ages by Clarence Larkin. And it breaks down a lot of these things, the rapture, some of the timelines um, uh, that you can listen to. I know Pastor Rodney's talked quite a bit on on the crowns and the different things that are available. But this first judgment is for believers only, and it's judgment of our works. So it's not a matter of are you guilty or not. If you're making it to this judgment, You've already been raptured. This this judgment will, or you're already in heaven. This judgment will take place right after the rapture. The Bible says we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. This judgment will take place, and Christ meets us in the air. And this judgment will take place there in the air at the judgment seat of Christ. So there's it's it's to do with our works, and it's after the church is raptured. So even people who are in heaven now, who've been in heaven, the Apostle Paul still hasn't gone through this time of reward. The purpose of this first judgment is to see if your works give you a reward or if you suffer loss. And so we're going to start here. This judgment is um, based on our works to see if we have something to show for our life or not. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. 
people, everyone who's lived on the earth as a Christian that makes it to heaven will be judged to see if their life had a good reward or not. Um, it will not be a judgment in the sense of a trial to see whether the judged are innocent or guilty, for it is a judgment of the saved only. It'll be like the judges stand at a fair or a racetrack where rewards are distributed to the successful contestants. Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians 9. It is not a judgment, but for works. This judgment is described in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13. Other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, valuable building stones as marble, etc., wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day, the judgment day, shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So this isn't a matter of sin. This is a matter of what your work did for the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So there are people who even may have gone into the ministry, people have done things, but they did it with the wrong motive. So your motives are tried at the same time. If you did it, if you were in the ministry just to be famous, if you were, you know, in the ministry for, for money, for filthy lucre, as the Bible calls it, well, <clears throat> your motivation will be judged so there'll be people who did work of the ministry, but have nothing to show for their life because it was done out of the wrong motivation. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Um, if the man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. The result of this judgment is reward or loss. All our bad and dead works represent the wood, hay, and stubble will be consumed by the fire, and only our good works will remain. There is much which passes for Christian service, which is merely human and secular, and does not count in our eternal reward. For those who deserve a reward, there is a crowning day. I want to read this to you. It says, After the Grecian games were all, were all over, the runners, wrestlers, and successful contestants assembled before the bima, or the judges' stand, which was an elevated seat on which the umpire sat, and the winners received a corruptible crown or laurel leaves. Some had no reward. They had lost the victor's crown. But while there was no reward, there was no punishment. They were not cast out. So there's crowns that are given to us. There are many Christians who are going to go to heaven. They're going to have a home in heaven. They're going to be living in the uh, uh, eternal, have eternal life, but there'll be no reward. There'll be no crown for their life. So I'm going to run through these um, four crowns. Number one, the crown of life, which is the martyr's crown, talked about in uh, uh, James 1.12. There's the crown of glory, which is the elders or the pastor's crown given by the chief shepherd when he shall appear. But it's, not, it's those who serve God faithfully, not for money or not lording it over God's heritage, 1 Peter 5.2-4. There's the crown of rejoicing, which is the soul winner's crown. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.19, 1 Thessalonians 2.20, Philippians 4.1. This will be brought to Jesus. Those brought to Jesus by us will be our crown of rejoicing at his coming. This is the soul winner's crown. So for all you soul winners, you've got a crown waiting for you. And then there's the crown of righteousness, sometimes known as the victor's crown. And it's really for those who, it's a couple things. It's those who love his appearing, the Bible says. It's, it's those who keep their body under, who do not yield to fleshly lusts. It's those who, who fight the good fight of faith. So it's those who persist. It's not just for those who are born again, but it's those who are victorious in this life, who overcome. It's the overcomer's crown. 
This is the victor's crown or the crown of righteousness. So the, the, the thing to know about that is that if you're born again, you can take comfort. The Bible actually says that these should be words of comfort. I'm going to read here 1 Thessalonians 4, um, 16 says, For the Lord himself sh- shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So this is talking about their body. The dead in Christ, their spirits are in heaven, but their bodies will rise out of the grave at the rapture. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So can you imagine this? So we get raptured. We're, we're brought up in our natural bodies into the clouds. Jesus meets us. Uh, there's an a- angel there who's blowing a trumpet, right? one of the archangels, and then um, there's, uh, or, or the voice of the archangel, and then there's the dead in Christ. So the, the dead in Christ, so your you're you're loved ones, the grandma, grandpa who are born again, the family members that have gone on, their spirits will come out of heaven and meet their bodies in the air, and then that's where we go through judgment, or really reward and loss. It's not judgment to see if we make it to heaven. We're already Christians, we're already saved. And it says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This should be a thing of comfort that you know, hey, God's not showing everyone what I've done wrong. He's washed my sins away. Why would he bring them back up? But there's a day of reward. I'm living my life for a day of reward. And this is where we keep our focus on the word of God to keep eternity in front of our eyes. The next one, just for sake of time that I'm going to get into is the the great white throne judgment. This is not for Christians. This is for the wicked dead. This is during, this is after the millennium, after the thousand year reign. This is during the renovation of the earth by fire. So after the millennium, the millennial reign, the thousand years on the earth, uh, Satan's cast in the lake of fire. And then the all, this is where the second resurrection happens that we talked about. We're all the, 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 the bodies of water give up their dead. Hell gives up its dead. All the, excuse me. The grave gives up its dead. So all the dead bodies come back up. And then this is where there's the great white throne judgment. This account of it is given in Revelation 20, 11 through 13. It'll take place at the close of the millennium, a thousand years after the judgment of the nations and before the great white throne. We didn't talk about the judgment of the nations because it's a judgment that Jesus at the beginning of his millennial reign will have on different nations as a whole. The great white throne will not be on the earth for the great white throne judgment will take place during the renovation of the earth by fire for the renovation of the earth is reserved or kept until the time of that judgment. Because of the judgment of the great white throne is the judgment of the wicked dead. At all the righteous dead will arise at the first resurrection. So that's at the rapture. If any righteous die between the first resurrection and the resurrection of the wicked or the second resurrection, so that would be the tribulation saints, they will rise with the wicked dead at the resurrection. The words, whosoever was not found written in the book of life, implies that there will be some, probably very few, righteous at the second resurrection. That'll be a time for their reward. At the close of the millennium and just before the renovation of the earth by fire, the living righteous will probably be translated and the wicked living, the the living wicked or ungodly will be destroyed in the flames that will consume the earth's um, atmosphere and exterior surface. The wicked or ungodly will not be judged to see whether they are entitled to eternal life but to ascertain the degree of their punishment. The sad feature of this judgment will be that there'll be many kind and lovable people who were not saved, who will be classed among the ungodly because they rejected Christ as a savior. The books will be open in which the recording angel has kept a record of every person's life, and they will be judged every man according to his works. 
Some will be sentenced to a more severe punishment than others, but none will escape. The worst of all is that those who are not so bad must spend eternity with the ungodly and that in the lake of fire. Their punishment includes the second death, which means that they shall lose their resurrected resurrection bodies in which they were judged and become disembodied spirits again and so exist in the lake of fire forever. This is also where the, the fallen angels are judged. So just to give you a timeline, and, and, the, and this is important because for you to look ahead, yeah, I mean, you can look ahead, but if everything's done for this life that we're living for, you know, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a good job. And there's, again, there's, you do what the Lord tells you to do. If that's part of God's plan is you're, you're in school and you know what God's called you to do, but our focus must be eternity. You live and you make decisions. I, I heard someone say, you, you won't if you don't make certain decisions beforehand, you'll always turn into the way of sin. If you don't make a decision to be faithful to your spouse before you get married, that 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 cheating and divorce are never an option. You make these decisions beforehand. It's like you you have to decide before I hear the voice of God, before he speaks to me, I've decided that I'm going to believe. So you make decisions based on this day where I'm going to stand before God. Not only do I want to make heaven, but I want to have reward. I want my time on earth to count. I don't want to just do whatever I want and then make it to heaven. I want my time to count. And then at the same time, I also want to make sure that, that, that I'm not there for that great white throne judgment, that I'm not, uh, taken and, and I'm not, uh, I'm not in a place where because of my my apathy to the things of God that my heart grows cold and I reject Christ. You know, people backslide usually not in one day. It's usually a slow leak. It's usually not like someone's on fire for the Lord, serving God, worshiping God, winning souls, and then doing cocaine at the end of the day and completely backsliding and, and, and saying they hate God, right? It's a slow leak. It's people get hardness of heart. People get offended. People, t- uh, you know, someone offends you, someone does something, whatever it is, you get distracted. It's, it's that we keep a watch on ourselves at all times. That way we don't slide away. Judgment and keeping our eyes on eternal judgment is a foundation, is a core foundation of the doctrines of Christ. That I read the scripture that I love that in Deuteronomy 32, um, and it's verse 29, and it says here, let me find the scripture. It says, uh, oh, that they would have been wise, that they would have considered their end, that they would have, um, uh, yeah, let me read it here. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would have considered their latter end. You know, for us, even as young people, to look and say, what is my life going to be like when I stand before God? If, if the rapture happens in two years, in five years, in 20 years, in 50 years, whenever it takes place, that I'm ready to go at all times, but, that, but today I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. What's more important? God will give you the life that you've always desired. There's no loss when you serve God. You may give up certain things that aren't good for you, but God will give you joy unspeakable. God will reward you. You'll seek him. He'll prosper you. And and God will direct your steps into the good path that he has for you. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.